Welcome to Iterate with Ashley. This one's for the rebels, for the rule breakers and risk takers, for the ones who aren't afraid to get a little bit dangerous. Because we're staging a jailbreak. We're breaking out of the prison. People-pleasing, perfectionism, and public opinion has held so many of us hostage in. And reclaiming the freedom and power that is rightfully ours. So we can get on with the business of being happy and free and doing our great work in the world. So if that's your jam, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Ashley Morgan. Welcome to the show. Happy, happy day, my friend. I hope you are doing well. So excited to be here with you today, as I am always when we get to connect in this way. I will tell you, there's so much joy in purpose work. And it's truly, it's my hope that in your experience with work, you find that it is nourishing you, that truly, that the work you do is filling you up and filling your cup. And like, I think of it as replenishing your energy. So back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. Oh, wait, no, we're not. We're not singing. (laughs) Back in the day, I was a retail manager for a little brand that you might know, Victoria's Secret. And I, I spent a lot of time as a retail manager in the operations part of the business that was called Merchandise Flow. And so one of my big parts of the job was making sure that inventory that was you know shipped into the store, came into the store, was pushed out to the sales floor as quickly as possible. And so moved from shipment boxes into drawer bra- bases, drawer bases, drawer bases, uh, which are just, you know, the display essentially is that you're able to shop where customer could go to a drawer, open it up and find the selection of merchandise that they were looking for. So we had people in the store who were dedicated replenishers. And so literally it was their job to go through, check the stock in the back room, check the merchandise that was on the sales floor and bring out anything from the back that could go out so that the customers had a good shopping experience. And consistently what we found is that when a store looked full and when a store looked you know, uh, had, you know, had a lot of merchandise in-house, it sold better. (laughs) Shocking, right? When there appears to be abundance, people buy more. And so I bring up this concept of replenishment as it relates to you and your work, because I really believe that, yes, the goal in working is to expend effort, expend energy to, you know, and I look at it like the energy expenditure uh, and and the effort that you put into a good workout. You know, I go, I lift weights, I dance salsa, I, you know, kind of walk, run, those kinds of things. And so all of those things I'm doing, I'm expending energy. And at the same time, I am replenishing my self in the process. So yeah, I'm giving out, but I'm getting back and I'm getting back more. And so when I think about you and me and work and just work in general, I that that's that's really why I believe that work is sacred. 
podcast for another day, uh, but it's because it is this generative cycle. Your work should, and y'all know I'm not big on shoulds, not, not really big on being told to do anything, let's be real. And also, work, labor, I believe it's, it's by design, and, and availability. It is a possibility, it is available, it is accessible, that you can do work in such a way that it replenishes you, that you are more full up after the work than when you started it. So for example, we are on day 14 of 30. We're almost halfway. Woo! Woo! We are almost halfway into this 30-day sprint, 30 podcasts in 30 days. And I have had days where I was fully and completely exhausted, not feeling 100%, feeling drained, either mentally, emotionally, spiritually, feeling like everything I have to say is crap. Nothing, you know, like just just doubts, right? Just mind doing its thing, just the human brain being being what it is, the human brain being what it is, and offering up a collection of of super unsexy thoughts. And I have had so many of those days as we do. And, and I won't even say so many of those days, more like moments within those days, hours, chunks of hours within those days that have led me to feel like, oh my God, I don't want to do this, or I can't do this, or I don't have anything to say or whatever. I sit down to hit record and the floodgates open. And before I know it, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes in some cases has gone by with me barely even noticing. And it's, and then when I am done and when I am done, and here's the really important part, when I am done, I'm better for having done it. I feel like, oh man, I, I mean, I hope it benefited you. I believe that it did. I trust that it did. And (laughs) if it didn't do anything for anyone else, I feel better for having done it. I feel energized. And that's how I felt in coaching and development as a leader, right? So if you're new to the podcast and you don't know Ashley's full story, spent a decade and a half in Fortune 500 companies, leading and managing uh, top-ranked world-class teams, generated over $100 million in revenue, really became an expert at helping people get unstuck, get into action, and create epic results. And in a lot of cases, I think it's, it's you know, making some sort of a comeback because what I have found is the people who come into my world, the people that I worked with, they start, they'll get going, they will self-initiate, they'll self-select, they'll step up to the plate and get in the game. And then what happens is you get in the game and you're kind of getting your ass kicked, you know, you're, you're like in the boxing ring and you're like trying to go 12 rounds with a prize fighter and, you know, you're, you're getting beat up. And so you need someone in your corner to help you navigate that. And so that's really more how I saw my job as a leader in corporate. And, um, you know, so that fueled me. I used to say, you know, my job was often 70-30. of the job was doing the thing that I love to do most, which was more the coaching and the development of people. And the other 70% of it was the stuff I had to tolerate to do the job. Now, that's, you know, more often than not, that's flipped in terms of the work that I do now. More of what I do now, I really love. More of what I do now is really regenerative for me. More of what I do now lights me up and excites me and feels like, oh, this feels like an exhale. And I'm not leaving the workday 
depleted and drained and exhausted because I have given out so much of myself and not gotten anything back in return. But it's the opposite. I leave with that super satisfied feeling of a really amazing workout where you're like, man, I pushed myself so hard and it hurt and it was kind of uncomfortable at times, but I crushed it and I'm so proud of myself and I'm so satisfied and I know it made a difference and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. (laughs) So we went a little riff about like work and, and stuff like that and This is not the topic of today's podcast, just so we're clear. But as we know, I really do consider this, like, I consider myself a voice and a channel and a vessel, and then God just speaks, right? He just comes in and just, like, flows, and he says what he wants to say and, you know, uses me to to, to deliver the message. So here we are. Apparently, someone listening today needed an eight-minute rant slash riff on work and quality of life. And uh, yes, I hope that was beneficial and useful for you, my friend. (laughs) Okay, so now that you guys know a little bit about me and my work and all the things, uh, of course, do want to extend an invitation to you. If you were like, yes, girl, I have been stuck. That's how it's been. I'm really interested in getting unstuck in, you know, taking the energy of face down on the ground WTF moments and transforming those into power into purpose into profits into you know architecting an amazing comeback architecting amazing results in life and business I'm your girl reach out to me drop down into the show notes and you can inquire about working together six or nine months and getting into one of my coaching containers and also have an upcoming group offering That is going to be all about resilience, which is, you know, I continue to say, God, every day, what do you want me to talk about? And every day more and more comes through on resilience. And as I look around the world, it just really feels like in so many different ways and in so many different cases, we're, you know, three years kind of post the whole COVID situation and folks are trying to get themselves back up, like, you know, almost like trying to ride a ship or, you know get a ship that's maybe been like capsized, you know, back upright and moving in the direction that you want it to be going so that you can end up where you want it to go. And I just see that folks are struggling with that. And so as I understand my life work to be, share the wisdom and the lessons from your life as you have gained it, I am going to do that in the form of a group offering around resilience. And uh, what I love about this so much is it doesn't matter whether we're talking about career resilience and something has occurred at work, resilience in life because you're facing some sort of hardship, whether that's a financial difficulty, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a friendship breakup, whether it's a divorce, whether it is a death, you know, or some sort of diagnosis or, you know, just it's some sticky, tricky situation uh, or in your leadership, right? I think leaders are having a really big face down on the ground moment right now. And it's just like, how do we get up from here? <laughs> how do we do it? You know, like I, I know folks have, have felt like I have dedicated my life to leading people and everywhere I look, we are getting raked over the coals and I'm, I want to be in this thing because I feel like this is work I'm meant to do. And also, I'm kind of tired of getting kicked in the teeth. And that's not super motivating to anyone to move them forward. So 
I know leaders are having kind of face down moments. So whether or not we're talking about career or leadership or life or personal stuff or relationships or just something that happens in public and you're like, okay, I got to get myself up. The set of skills that you need to, to have in your back pocket, right, and, and tools you need in your back pocket and skills you need to have developed, it's all the same. It's the same. And then we just learn to put those skills and those tools to work in different contexts. And so that's what you'll be doing in this new group offering. I'm pretty sure we've settled on a title and and more and more of it is coming through. So again, interested in doing that, then hit me up on IG and let me know so that as soon as it's live, you have an opportunity to check it out. So I guess we're actually going to get on to what the intended topic of today's podcast is. (laughs) And that really is building self-awareness so that you can confidently disclose. And this is joining the last episode. I think that was episode, oh, I don't know, 22 around how to talk about the elephant in the room. So something shitty happened, something shitty occurred. And now, like, how do you talk about it? How do you go out in public and not be that like deer caught in headlights, unsure of how to say what needs to be said and kind of feeling uncomfortable when people inquire and ask questions about it and also not wanting to come off, you know, terribly when somebody catches you off guard or just just dealing with the discomfort of like having to talk about it we're just generally not taught how to do those things and that's different from again conflict resolution or something like that that may occur in the container of a relationship whether that's romantic platonic friendship whatever like just whatever it is like this is something this is something different so I want to share a couple of things with you today, and because we went on a little riffy riff to start, I think I'm going to change up my initial plan, and you get to just tune in to tomorrow's, because it'll be day 15. You better believe, you better believe at 15 out of 30, it'll be a great episode. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think all, all episodes are great episodes because they're out in the world. They're living and breathing, and that is in and of itself is a lesson on resilience because the hardest part, again, it's getting started uh, and staying and continuing to move and continuing to go forth and, and encountering all sorts of challenge and obstacle and difficulty and still just saying, okay, yeah, but no matter what, I committed to do this thing, and so I'm doing it. So uh, I think we are going to shift gears just a teeny tiny bit, and I'm going to talk to you today about mapping your nervous system and helping you understand why you may have responded the way that you have in times past as it relates to just like communicating and talking about kind of what uncomfortable, shitty, challenging thing has happened. I'll use myself, obviously, as the lesson. You're welcome. And, and then I think maybe in tomorrow's episode, we'll go into like how to tell the story of what's occurred because I have a really amazing, beautiful, wonderful framework that is going to support you in making that conversation easy and making it so that you walk away, head held high, shoulders back, posture straight, like... I want people to be looking at you and like watching and wondering, okay? Like, how are you, how are you handling this? And I have a super simple framework that's going to support you in doing that. So I think we're going to share on that tomorrow. Today's going to be equally as wonderful though, because if somebody had told me back then, this is what's occurring for you right now, 
around your nervous system and why you're doing what you're doing, oh my God, life would have been like, you know how sometimes you can be sick and not know exactly what's going on with you? Like you're like, man, is it strep throat? Is it pneumonia? Is it the flu? Is it uh, bronchitis? And you're just like trying, like a part of the pain is not knowing whatever the thing is. Well, I, I have found that to be true that sometimes you're like, man, I know something is going on with me internally and I feel a sense of dysregulation. I feel a little bit out of control and I don't exactly understand what it is and what's going on. And I would like to be just kind of more on top of it. And then someone like reads into your situation or reads into what's going on and you suddenly start to feel better. I heard the most amazing analogy the other day and I've been using it all over town because I think it was so great. And, and it's just that you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. I'm going to say that again. You can't read the label from the inside of the bottle, which side note is also why coaching and mentoring and guidance and just getting an outside perspective on you and your circumstance can be so powerful and so useful. Back to it. So can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. When you are in an emotional shitstorm, it is real difficult to sort yourself out and figure out where your sea legs are and get them back under you and get back into a state of regulation, particularly when you don't have any of that language and you just know you feel out of control and out of whack and your behavior feels erratic and you, you don't you, like you don't really know what's going on within yourself. So that's why I want to talk to you today about understanding your nervous system states and correlating what's going on with you internally to how that might show up in your response and what you might do as a result of that nervous system state. And I'm going to pause to have a drink of water. We've not had to do this before, but that was fun. We made it. We made it. We made it. Okay. I don't know if anybody else has experienced this as of late. Maybe just in the last day or two. Like, I feel like my I haven't had bad allergies at all this year. But the last, I don't know, week or two has really felt like perhaps they have been trying to kick up a little bit, which is super unfortunate. So, anyhow nervous system. So your nervous system, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to go into like the whole like sciencey stuff. I'm not going to get too heavy in that. It's just helpful to understand that internally we have a system that moves between our body and our brain. Information is passed through this system and it acts as like a control center or a cockpit of a plane. And it's responsible for a lot of your automatic functions think circulation, respiration, and, you know, impulses. Just like if your heart's beating, that's your your various portions of your nervous system, right? If you flinch, if you have any sort of like automatic response, then it's this system at work within you. And and again, it's, it's important to know that this is automatic. This is automatic programming and wiring. And also important to know is it informs how you respond to external stimuli. It, it like processes data, processes information in front of you, and then how the processing occurs dictates often what state you end up being in, right? And so you may be familiar with the term flight, fight or flight, survival mode, things like that. That is one part of your nervous system. That is the sympathetic mobilization. And that is where mobilizing energy is gathering in your body to have you do one of two things, run or fight. 
And of course, this book goes back to really, really primitive days and like just our basic base technology. Think of the base model of a car. It goes back to that basic technology of humans and just what it is to be humans. We have this system designed to keep us alive. And so that internal system is always perfect, you know, like uh, perusing the environment and, and looking for danger, looking for threat. And so that's considered sympathetic mobilization. If you were to move sympathetic mo mobilization, like kind of if, if this were a ladder, if you were to go one rung up on the ladder, you would arrive at a state of what's called ventral vagal. This is what we understand as like safety and connection, where you are in a state of, oh, okay, things are okay. I can exhale here and things feel grounded and you feel secure and you feel anchored. And I like to think of this place, you know, some, sometimes it's called rest and digest. And that's just because you're, you're at a place of calm. You're at a place of ease. You're not activated. You're not triggered. You're not any, any, like you're, you're capable really of being in a place of happiness and being in a place of joy and being in, in a place of, you know, just presence and mindfulness and good feeling. And the thing is, is to know the goal is not to consistently stay in a ventral state. That is unrealistic. You want your system to mobilize with energy when you need it. You, it, it it's intended to be dynamic. So if we were to be back on that ladder, you've got ventral, vagal, you've got sympathetic mobilization. Below sympathetic mobilization is dorsal vagal. And that is where you are in, you know, shutting down. You are in isolation and the world feels cold and rainy and freezing. Like, you know, like imagine freezing rain. <laughs> and, 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 and that's how you feel internally. And in those, you know, in that state, you start to shut down push people out, push people away, you are hiding, you are going to avoid, you are going to disengage, you are going to be evasive and elusive. That is what's occurring. And that is because your nervous system is like, there is no, like, I, I don't have any, that, there's no way for me to handle this. There's no way for me to deal with this crisis. Like, I just need to get away and I need to hide. And that's it. There's no mobilizing energy. This is like, I have you know, succumbed to the threat and I'm just giving in and I'm kind of rolling up and, and taking it, so to speak. So those are, you know, that's a very, very, very elementary cursory view of nervous, of your nervous system, right? And knowing what those states are. And then I'm going to give you just a really quick way to describe them using the weather, just so that it's super easy, can be helpful because how you respond Dick is dictated heavily by which state your nervous system is in. So, you know, going back up the ladder, if we were to start in that dorsal state where it's like, I'm stuck in freezing rain and I'm cold and I'm, I'm you know, just I, I'm hopeless and I am... I don't have any energy and the world is gray and, and it's it's not a good place. The world is a bad, scary place. When you are in that energy, again, your response in terms of communication and your ability to engage with people is, is now compromised because your thought is, I, like, I have nothing for you. I have nothing to give. I am bare and I am empty. 
Like that, that is what is happening. So trying to engage in any sort of productive conversation with someone about some sort of shitty circumstance that's occurred in your life is it's pretty impossible to do that from a, a, a way that leaves you feeling su- supported, empowered, etc. And so knowing, okay, how I feel in my body right now is pretty much like I'm standing in freezing rain is helpful to know this is probably not the best time for me to be trying to engage in a conversation about what is happening or what is going on, you know, and just understanding that simply is such a valuable tool, right? And so again, moving back up that ladder, when you're in sympathetic and you've got a lot of high energy, you have one of two reactions here, run or fight. And the, the really helpful, distinctive kind of thought here is that when you're in sympathetic, it's not you instantly feel like, you know what, the world is kind of stormy and I got to protect myself, you know. And sometimes that protection looks like hiding and sometimes that protection looks like fighting. And so either way, it is you versus them. It is you versus them as the threat. And so if you are in a state of survival, if you were in a highly triggered, activated state, your communication is going to be combative because you feel the need to protect yourself. And because what I understand about feedback is that feedback is whatever is in you feeding out to someone else being reflected back to you. So if you're angry and upset and defensive in the communication that goes out, that person is going to receive it as such. And that is what's going to be pushed back out, fed back out to you. So understanding, again, where your nervous system is at, it's going to be helpful for you to make an an informed decision about whether or not this is the best time to engage in a conversation with someone. And then, of course, back in ventral vagal, when it's like, okay, the world is kind of blue skies right now, you know, maybe partly cloudy, but it's sunny, you know, or maybe it's like my, my philosophy of it's raining in paradise of like, okay, I'm pretty grounded. I'm pretty anchored, you know, shit's happening, but I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. And that's how you know, like when you're in that state, you are much better equipped mentally and emotionally to engage in a healthy, productive, useful conversation. And so just understanding that and just having that awareness, man, I wish someone had told me that all those years ago. So that when someone asked me how work was going after I had just been fired from a racist job, wrongfully terminated, after I was, you know, meeting with employment lawyers and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, after I had been, uh, you know, my character had been questioned, my reputation had been questioned, just the whole drama of it all. After it all, when people are just casually asking me how work is going, I wish I had known this question is immediately activating me and sending me into some sort of fight or flight mode. And so that's why I feel like a deer in headlights when it's occurring. And so had I known that, I could have been better prepared to handle it. And so I remember those first initial conversations were super awkward and super uncomfortable. And I left them overthinking. I left them feeling uncomfortable about what to say and how to say it and, you know, ended up bumbling outward like, oh, I'm just taking a little bit of time off right now or, oh, I'm going back to school or things like that. And those things didn't feel fully true and they weren't all encompassing. 
And I didn't feel powerful as I was saying them. And the thing is, is if you don't feel it and you don't have certainty and you don't have conviction around what it is that you're saying, the person that you're sending the message out to, whatever the message is, is not going to feel that either. So I wish someone had had said, hey, like this is what's going on for you right now. And it, it could be useful for you to just recognize this. This is where you're at. And then from the place that you are, right, allowing that to be almost like the starting point in Google Maps, knowing the goal is to get yourself back into ventral, back into a state of safety, back into a state of connection, and knowing what's the pathway back into a state where it's like, okay, I'm safe, I'm all right, I can talk about this, I can engage, I made it, I'm on the other side, this this situation does, doesn't de- define me, I'm, I'm okay, like getting yourself back into that state. If somebody had said, like, here's where you are, that's a starting point, and then here's an end point, like here's kind of what that would look like, you, you can start to navigate your way back towards it. And there are things that you can do to help move yourself back into a state of thank you so much for listening to the show. It was amazing to spend this time with you. I expect that you got what you needed and that you found something I shared today, both enjoyable and useful. If you find yourself with any questions for me, feel free to drop down into the show notes, click on the link for my Instagram and send me a DM. And if you'd like to work together, feel free to do the same. I would love to share more details on how I can support you as you increase your power, your confidence and your resilience and turn the dial down on fear, imposter syndrome and self-doubt. If you would like to support the podcast, subscribe, leave a five-star review, share with a friend or better yet, screenshot, share to your stories and tag me in it so I can shout you out publicly. I appreciate all of your help and your support growing this conversation and growing this community. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.